Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. We did it, guys. We made it through 2020. John, how you doing, my friend? The first we are now in the first show of 2021. Yeah. We, we had planned we had planned to do maybe one more show, but in 2020, because we all thought DC would have a coach by now. But such is such is life. Such is life. How, how we, are you doing, John? How, how how was your holiday? It's been great. I feel like we haven't and we haven't seen or talked to each other in a while because mm-hmm. you know we've taken we've taken a break from each other. A show we you know doing a weekly show. We took like a little like a, a three week. Ted and John, Vic, and now the magic's back. I feel like we, I feel like we're, you know, I, I feel it's sizzling, it's popping yes. off. It's popping off the screen. But I've been good. Break was great. Uh, happy to have a show tonight. Uh, there's a little bit of stuff to talk about, and hopefully people call in and we have uh, some some engagement. Yes, two o two nine o five. As I try to pull up the number on the spot, it's been a while, folks. I apologize. I had all this pulled up. Two o two nine o five zero four five four. 0454. I'm sure it's in the bottom of the screen or top of the screen somewhere, somewhere along those lines. I'm no longer like driving the show anymore. Now it's all it's all on producer Brian. So if anything looks wrong, you know, just just send your emails to Brian. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do, do that to Brian. Do, do not. <laughs> Donut. Uh, but uh, John, should we just uh, should we just jump right into it? It's it's so we expected. So I feel like we've gotten the a, a sort of any new fans want to know what it was like. To wait for the DC United Stadium, uh, this was pretty much what it was like on a grander scale, on a much larger scale. Uh, the uh, oh, we hope to have something done by this time. Uh, well, we'll see about this time. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna see. Uh, it, it will happen. DC will have a coach. Maybe it's Ben Olson coming back. Maybe it's Chad Ashton. Maybe it's the guy that we literally did a whole show about. Interviewed his former team's fan in in the, listen to that show if you want. To hear a a a, back, a time in which we thought it was going to be, it's going to be Thomas. it's going to be a supporters group Twitter account that's going to be the new head coach. <laughs> oh Lord, I won't Lord, I won't Lord say which us. one of them. Lord help us. Um, but yeah, so so the team did want to hire somebody by December. Um, right now the latest is basically golf has now written two articles that basically have said the exact same thing. Pineda is the front runner? Question mark. I, I feel like that was more sure. Maybe a couple weeks ago, it was very weird. Like we, we, we I don't think we've talked to anybody since we've released that podcast. At least I don't think. Um, and we we released that podcast, and we're like, oh, it's going to be Armis. Armis is the front runner. And then it was like literally the next day after we released the podcast, it was like Hendrickson's the front runner. No, Pineda is the front. It was like all these different media outlets, you know, from Columbus and Seattle, were basically reporting that they're person that lives in their city currently and, and assistant coaches on their team was the front runner. Um, so it's been, apparently there's been some other international uh, players that have gotten the mix. John, I guess on a scale of one to 10, cause I have my thoughts on this and, and I, and I sort of made it known on Twitter. I'm going to expand a little bit on that. How worried are you about the fact that the team does not have a coach right now? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not worried. No. Uh, I think everyone should read the golf piece. There's, there's one bit of information that's of value. Who the who is still in contention it doesn't really excite me. Um, that it hasn't been chosen yet, not optimal, but not super exciting. The thing that's of value to look at is to say that uh, sources say that the amount that the salary offered by DC United is lower than average for all of these options that they're looking at. They they're willing to pay for you know proven excellence, but on the whole, they are looking to get by on a Ben Olson level salary. 
Ben Olsen was bottom half of the league in salary. They're looking to replace him with a similarly salaried coach. I think that is informational. I think that is that's data that you can use. Um, I don't think it is. It is. I don't think this is similar to uh, the Washington Nationals notoriously pay their manager almost nothing um, until recently, but up up until now, ownership has seen it as a a replaceable cog, and that all of the talent is the player. And the, the manager does almost nothing. Um, Soccer is not like that, I don't necessarily think. And I don't necessarily even think that that's what ownership is thinking here. Um, but it is informative that we are not looking to change the perception around spending uh, on, on coaches here with all of the options that we're looking at. There were already there have been plenty of questions about how much how much does this ownership group have? How much are they willing to spend? That that is dogged them. I think even even since the stadium is built, even after they signed Wayne Rooney, how much money does this group have? How much money are they willing to put in? And now we're faced with the 2020 pandemic. We're faced with no crowds in stadiums. We're faced with budget shortfalls. We're faced with many, 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 many of those things. It's not surprising to me that. That's sort of the what they're taking in is that they're they're you know looking 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 for a deal on a coach um, and I I do think also there is a sense though they're taking time we don't know what the season's going to look like next year obviously with the pandemic there's the the force uh, majeure clause I hope I am you got it right it is not yes. a player it's not a name so we got it's you got it it's force force majeure mm-hmm. force majeure clause I got something right um, pronunciation twenty twenty one baby. <laughs> new new leaf new year new me um anyway uh the so they have that clause who knows what the pandemic who knows when teams are allowed to come back who knows uh, just so many different variables about this season a lot's been made about the fact that the super draft is coming up and oh you need a coach for the super draft i would argue mostly in the super draft right now uh the way the super drive is built you know a lot of it's the the talent's not in the college draft it's all coming through the academies right now Whoever DC gets in, you know, they're going to get a top four pick. So it's still a good pick, but who knows if that player even then wants to stay here. There, there's still the option for them to then play the pre the spring season and then come in. It's going to be a weird, weird super draft because you don't know how many players are going to be like, yeah, I'll jump in. Or they might all be like, hey, I got selected high in the draft. I think I'm going to I'm going to join. I, I would imagine a top four pick. Uh, I'll be very curious to see. Usually there's a generation Adidas signings. A lot of those things are happening. I don't know how all that's going to look. So from that perspective, considering all the unknowns of the super draft, I'm not sure how much a coach really, really plays much into that. Um, particularly one coming right now, particularly any of the coaches in the league coming right now. Um, there's also the notion that this roster is not going to change. Um, I, I am I am sorry to those that think that that they're going to demand it. And, and there was one nugget in the article too from Golf that they're looking for a forward to compete with Ola Kamara. That Which means says Ola two things, right? Yeah. <laughs> it says, it says, <laughs> so Ola is coming back, and I, I mean maybe that's a Tam level signing, but this is this team is going to be. I I said in my tweet ninety to ninety five percent the same. Um, obviously, we have the one player going out, um, but they're going to be basically the same. Uh, and that sort of is indicative of the fact that a coach coming in isn't really going to have a lot of choice or a lot of options. Maybe they have that if they get him, hire him quick enough. He has that option to have a say in that in that forward option. Um, but I, I very much doubt it. And I think that's also playing maybe a little bit into it as well. 
does a coach like Chris Armis, who, you know, maybe feels hard done by Red Bull, you know, was basically told what to do at Red Bull, you know, who here's your here's your roster, figure it out. Is he really gonna jump into another situation where he's basically gotta do the same thing? He doesn't get to say much of a say in who who the players pick. The players are basically picked and it's about getting them into the lineup. Someone like Pineda, maybe for their first job, is like, yeah, that's something I don't think about. I just want to be on the field and coaching. Um, so, so yeah, so that, so that, that's that's sort of playing into it. I, at a scale of one to ten, I'm about a three. Uh, it's that's annoying. Your, that's your it's concern annoying. level. Yeah, it's annoying. I would like it to happen. I'd like to be talking about. I'd like to be talking about that coach. Uh, what what he could bring to the team. What what we could see differently from this team. I am not on the. I, I am. I am trying to shy away. I was very negative on this team in 2020. We were all very, very negative on this team in 2020. Yep. Ben Olsen's out. It, it, it is. I, I am like, let's. And and I, I get laughed at by a certain DC United player when I say this, but you, you do have to, in a sense, see how this plays out. Who they hire, who they bring in, um, how that team lines up. Um, I, I was listening to, to Extra Time Radio, and I, I find it interesting that that team looked really good towards the end of 2020. They looked like a playoff team because they started putting guys in natural positions. And maybe that's all this team needs right now is just throw some guy in there that says, okay, Ariel is a right winger. He's going to play on the right. You're going to play here. You're going to play here. And, and maybe that's all you need. Because uh, that clearly was, was a huge, huge issue with this team in 2020 was guys out of position. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not jumping on the negativity bandwagon yet with the coach yeah my my negativity is only the fact that they have no money and that's mm-hmm. something we're all just gonna have to live with and that's gonna be a lot of teams and that's gonna be a lot of sports that's just gonna be the way it is for at least a year we'll see how long it can be i think just to just to reiterate for people who do not follow this uh at insanely high levels and are kind of just like i know ben olsen got fired but what what's going on um so the the options continue to be gonzalo pineda from seattle Pat Noonan from Philadelphia, and Chris Armis, formerly of Red Bulls. Chris Armis is also under consideration in Toronto, where also, so is Ben Olsen, but we'll talk about Ben in a second. Um, Jill Ellis appears to be out. Um, Chad Ashton is a long shot. Rodolfo Burrell uh, is the Man City assistant coach. Uh, Also, I think probably would be a long shot based on everything we know. And uh, it, it appears that originally Ben Olsen was supposed to be part of the conversation, uh, but it appears that he is less. I don't think he's doing any of the interviews. I think he's just sort of not not involved like that. Uh, we, we also found out today that uh, and I, I saw you actually got tweeted at by uh, by Goff about it. That uh, is it Ashton and Thornton. Uh, they're here till 2021. Thornton are under contract for next year. So that's good. I, I think as you were you were you were talking about like if not then they're getting kind of hosed here as far as finding uh, gainful employment next year uh, with with another team so we're uh, we're we're still in the we're still in the land of wait and see the December deadline has come and gone um, the we <laughs> we we are who we thought we were as far as our, as far as salary are coming and like you said I think another another thing that came out of this article that's important. Is that Gelman Rivas seems gone? Ola Kamara is going to stay here. They're going to find someone to compete. So that means not they're not signing one that will someone that will for certain put Ola Kamara on the bench. So again, uh, do not look for a Wayne Rooney signing. Look for another Tam level. Um, it, maybe a player in the draft. Who knows? Man, if if a, if a draft player out of a no college season can compete with Ola Kamara, that's 
I will be I would be surprised. <laughs> the forward record, other than other than uh, Daryl DK coming out of Orlando, like the the records for forwards coming out of the draft is not uh, is not fantastic. I think the draft is going to be a little wild because I think there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of BSing. I think so. Oh to God! Speak. Can you imagine that? what this is going to be like from a TV, like a like a vamping perspective? Taylor Twellman's going to be like, "Well, um, we don't have any tape on him because there was no season, uh, but his Twitter account is uh, is 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 funny, so we've got that as a positive." I don't know what they're going. I don't know what they're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're, we're we are going to try to to get some some people who actually watch college soccer i'll be honest like so i came into last draft i like knew who daryl dk was because i grew up you know supporting the virginia cavaliers i watched him at uva i watched some of those games i watched some of the some of the tournaments so i knew who he was this year i i i I can't name anybody i don't know because there was no season there was no season to be like oh hey this guy this guy could be good if we could get a daryl dk i mean maybe maybe we get we got something um so maybe if we can find that type of player um, type of player in the draft, then maybe, then maybe we do have something. And the last two bits of news from from that article that came out earlier this afternoon: uh, team still in negotiations with Odoyatsum and Felipe. Um, I think those will both get done mm-hmm. if they're continuing to happen. Uh, and also, there's a potential that we sign Michael Edwards, who's a former Academy player who played uh, Wolfsburg too. Uh, we have his rights; he'd play center back. There's a. I think that's that seems like something that would happen. That's a low cost. Um, low, you know, not, not, it's not super risky. He wouldn't start. Um, you, you could potentially have something over time. I think it's good to have some, some youth in the, in the defensive positions because we're old otherwise. And, you know, eventually burn bomb and, and Briant probably his last season this year. So they've got to, they've got to figure out a succession plan internally. Um, they still could look externally to find, you know, a better player. I think I have no problem with that either, but, um, I think there's two positions that they have, not a lot of depth in from a youth perspective, and that is at, at, at center back and at forward. There's just no the 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 you could say you could say Griffin Yao is a forward and he is technically, but as far as a striker goal scorer, um, we don't we don't we don't develop those. That hasn't happened here in a while. A lot of wingers and a lot of a lot of defensive midfielders, and I think I think that's you know, and, and I'm going maybe on a little bit of caveat here. That that's what I want most out of I guess either this coaching decision or the next few years. What's the plan? This team has been so much around Ben Olsen, so much around that. Give us, give me an idea. If it's doing what Philly's doing, if it's doing what FC Dallas is doing, I'm all for that. Yep. If I, I'm all for Yao, I'm all for uh, for Moses Nyman, I'm all for uh, Paredes. I'm all for those guys getting more time. If we're not going to spend money developing those players and sell them, brought it's it's a it's a seller's market right now for MLS. There, uh, it, the pandemic is not just affecting MLS; it's affecting the whole country. And yes, players like Weston McKinney, players like uh, like uh, Pulisic, and all those guys. Those guys are playing really, really well. Even Pulisic was before the pandemic, but those guys are playing really, really well. But part of the reason teams are looking at them is they say, hey, there's talent here and we don't have to pay a whole lot for it. And because uh, because it's a, there, there's definitely an undervalued market and guys are proving themselves. So they're making it worth it. That's why Brian Reynolds went to Juventus. That's why uh, you're, you're seeing a lot more of it happen. And and DC needs to take advantage of that um, if they want to maybe grow themselves a little bit out of the shell. Um, we'll see what no, no team. And, and this has been raised a point, you know, of all the work that Philly's done. No team has been able to sort of create a pipeline where they can sell and then invest that back into the team and then go out and get players and win championships. That's going to be sort of that next step. Who, who can do that? 
what type of team can do that? So uh, FC Dallas is selling players that have like nine starts for six six million dollars. Yeah. Uh, so that what a, what a world. Before we move <laughs> on, uh, and this is sort of going to lead into, and this is sort of a reward for the very few people that are watching live from a video perspective right now. Uh, I, I, I got a present for myself, uh, and I wanted to show you what it was, Ted. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. You can say what it is when I turn around. You can describe it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh man, he did that. He did this just to annoy me, folks. I did. I it did. Was, I spent, it was entirely. I spent entirely to annoy me. I spent forty five dollars to annoy Ted. Is what happened. <laughs> I am wearing a long sleeve, authentic Jared Jeffrey jersey, uh, which I, you know, long been searching for in my collection. I'm very excited to have have gotten it. Uh, thank you to James Lambert for alerting me to it um, and for you know facilitating making it happen. Speaking of uh, jerseys, I'll, I'll, well, this isn't on the, this isn't on the rundown, but I figured I can I can do a transition here from talking about my awesome jersey. Uh, it appears that long sleeve jerseys are back. This was news apparently that broke in February, and I missed it, or I knew it and then forgot it. Uh, but in next February, or last February, uh, Pablo had an article talking about third jerseys and long sleeve jerseys. It appears that you have to sell over a hundred thousand jerseys in order to get the right to have a third jersey. Which we do not, I believe. Yeah. I, think that, I think that is. I think that's safe to assume. I, is it including 2019 jersey sales of Wayne Rooney? There, well, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe good, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> that is a good point, and something I did not think about. And maybe that's hmm. Um, that, that, that actually came from Merritt Paulson, who's the most active owner on Twitter, I think, of any MLS team or any professional team I think I've ever seen. For for better and for worse, that is that is a true fact about Merritt Paulson, but. Uh, I am bummed because I think Ted also is probably bummed. Uh, I, I I buy all of the I didn't buy the the Haynes T-shirt, but I buy all of the jerseys. I mm-hmm. I don't buy any other sport uh, stuff, and uh, I don't go anywhere anymore. So I've got money to spend on these jerseys, and they're just not. They're not if they if the the teal jersey that got made bought it. Uh, anything that comes out, I buy it. If they're gonna the the Mitchell and Ness jerseys that were supposed to come out, I was I was ready, locked and loaded. Whatever happened to the those? credit card I, was I, out. We will we will put we will do a full uh, full investigation into That's right. what happened. <laughs> three part three part podcast series. <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, about that, I was wondering because I my friend found a new in bag with tags 1998 DC United home jersey, like new, never been worn, and she bought it. Uh, and I was wondering, I was like, are these like the secret Mitchell and Ness jerseys that that got buried last year because no one was going to buy them? I don't know. But suffice it to say, it does not appear that DC United is going to get a. I think they're going to get a long sleeve jersey. I think that's just league wide. That probably I would not imagine some some teams get them and some teams don't. That would be weird. Uh, but a third jersey is probably not on the cards, which is a bummer because I believe the last one we had was 2009. It was the red jersey, mm-hmm. which I think I have in my closet signed by some number of DC United players. But I got, I I got the Dero. I got the Dero red jersey. I, it's yeah. it's I have, awesome, right? Like it's a really I, I, cool jersey. It's a cool jersey. I put it on a few pounds and and I can't fit S- it same or same. <laughs> That is a that is a tight one. That particular yeah. one is a tight one. So yeah. that's uh, that's probably not going to happen for either of us. But keep your eyes peeled. I, you know, if you have the money to, to apparently now it's like a you, there's an incentive to supporting your team. If you want if you want more cool stuff, you've got to spend money on it. I, that sucks, but I think that's the, I think that's the way they're doing well, it. We'll see if DC does the. I, I want a better away jersey. Just give me something better than that. Oh, we'll get white. one. I think that's this year, right? I think that's that's, that's this gone. year. Yep, it's the the home jersey was last year, uh, which I'm still looking to pick up uh, at some point. And the and the away jersey is is next is this year. Sorry, so home jersey next next year, 2022 away jersey this year. So, um, yep. All right, so let us uh, let's go on to the next. <laughs> this this one's kind of short. Uh, 
Ben Olsen, uh, potentially a manager at Sheffield Wednesday, bookies bookies favorite. Uh, I think it's uh, I think he's eight, eight to one favorite to uh, become the manager of Sheffield Wednesday, who I believe are in last place or second to last place in the third division. I don't think it's the championship. I think it's the I think it's League One. Yeah, um, it. Uh, no, no, they're they're championship. I, I'm are pretty they? sure. Yeah. What what that would be amazing. I think I really want this to happen. I want it to happen a lot for like nine reasons. Um, but I don't I don't know that it will. But he's well, also the, in the mix with TFC still too. So 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 the funny thing about this, this is not the first time like bookies have like put Ben Olsen as like a potential manager at like an English club when something happens. This, this has happened like before. We've all kind of laughed at it. The the part the part that was like oh hey look English bookies you know they'll. They'll uh, they'll they'll, you know, ha they'll, you know, they put bets for anything. And then it was like uh, Pablo Maro saying, oh, yeah, there's been contact. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> so they've actually like reached out. I mean, that that, that doesn't mean like, oh, we're going to hire you. I mean, DC's talked to 50 people at this point and, and they're only going to hire one person. But that's just kind of funny that it's like even gotten to that point. Yep. So that's something to look forward to. Chris Armas and Ben Olsen also on the hook still for TFC. There are lots of open. There are lots of open uh, positions right now um, in the league. Aside from Atlanta uh, with Heinze, uh, there are other. LA is still not necessarily chosen. Greg Vanny looks like the leader in the clubhouse for that one. But yeah, so. maybe maybe Miami. Who knows? <laughs> Miami's like the weird one where it was like the coach thought he had been fired. They got out and then they like basically put out a statement. Saying, no, no, no. He hasn't been fired yet. He's fine. We're just, you know, we just we were disappointed this year. And it's like, oh, OK, so what are you going to do? <laughs> so anyway, this trust me, this pandemic is going to have an impact. I guarantee you the reason he was not fired was because it's like, I don't know if we can go out and hire another coach because we can't sell tickets this year and and. Uh, leading into that is the uh, the MLS force majeure clause, which we can wonderful we can, Ted. Good yes, job. you like that professional. I did. We're you know three weeks off and only getting better. Uh, so we were supposed to start. Apparently, camps uh, were supposed to start January twenty first. So pretty soon, uh, that that is not going to happen now. Uh, you can count on that for sure. Um, so basically, what happened was DC, not DC, not MLS last year before the season said. I know that we just agreed a CBA, but it's not ratified yet, and we'd like to reopen negotiations due to the pandemic. And the players did so. Uh, they understood that there was likely to have to be some changes to the the agreement that they had just hammered out. I think maybe six weeks earlier uh, than when they than they had to go back into negotiations. Uh, they agreed to a five percent reduction in salary cut and a delay of the new TV deal. They were going to get an increased amount of, uh, of, of money from the TV deal, the current TV deal, as well as the next one, and they put that off for a year. Um, it, it appears that that 5% does not come close to touching uh, the, 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 the deficit from no gate, from not having anybody at the stadiums. Uh, but there was an athletic article that I encourage everyone to check out, um, it is uh, extensive, and there's lots of uh, quotes from uh, <laughs> there are lots of quotes from unnamed sources, which are always you know, what are you gonna do? I'm, I'm, I want to read this really quick. Subscribe. We're not gonna we're not gonna give the whole article away, uh, but I think that we're probably fine to, to do this. This is sort of the the nut of the story that's really important. So, just to explain the force majeure clause, basically it's like act of God. If this happens, we reserve the right to blow up whatever we said we were gonna do and renegotiate which is where we're at now. Um, so this is this is sort of the, the, the bulk of it here. The, these imminent talks will carry a different tenor compared to previous negotiations last year. 
while the discussions ahead of the MLS's back tournament were cast by, by the backdrop of a dormant sports landscape, the world has a, a better sense of how the pandemic is impacting life, both economically and socially. Even after the league and players agreed to wage cuts, MLS clubs, including Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Minnesota, spent multi-million dollar transfer fees in the secondary transfer window. The source with knowledge of the player side of this saw the continued spending as an indication that ownership was largely unaffected financially. The ones suffering are the players, their families, and the staffers who have been laid off, the source said. The team's valuations may be down significantly, but I'm also just as sure that they're going to be right back where they were in two years. This is just a money grab. If it were a real cash flow issue for them, then they would be adjusting the way they're spending on players. Here's the big one to me. The source added that they knew of multiple owners who were wary of invoking force majeure and further fracturing the relationship between the league, plus by the nature of single entity structure, its clubs and its players. Uh, They added that bringing both parties back to the table could bring MLS onto the precipice of a work stoppage which would further complicate any timeline to a kickoff of a 21 campaign. So that would certainly make it so that we don't need a coach <laughs> right away if that was the yeah. case. No, uh, and I, I think I think that is playing a little bit into this as well. Right. I, I do, yeah. The, so, the, so the players are, I, I understand that they are saying, if it was so bad, you wouldn't still be continuing to sign players uh, in the way that you are. I think there are some teams that are in a better position than others. So I think that most likely the poor owners, the poorest own, poor, <laughs> the the less rich millionaires and billionaires that own the that own MLS franchises, are probably the ones driving this mostly. Like the ones that are saying we've got to go back to the negotiations table. We've got to do force majeure. Um, I I am not uh, as solvent as some of the other owners, so I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a league to do this. Um, so the fact that some owners are still able to take advantage of the financial situation to better their teams is was foreseeable and and is the way it goes. Uh, but I think that this is really going to be about the teams that are less flush and owners that are not owners that are uh, comfortable away from their franchise, like they're able to uh, backstop small losses. Not just Arthur Blanks, like that's the obvious one, but I think there are many ownership groups that are probably capital rich enough to not be destroyed by one or two seasons of of, of huge revenue losses where they can bounce back. Uh, DC United, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think DC United is in this boat of the uh, of the force measure. It would not it would not surprise me. They've I think they look at it from the perspective um, their training facility was supposed to launch this year. The pandemic, you know, caused delays in that. That apparently is is back up and back going. Um, who knows what impact though that has had? You've got the stadium; they are still um, having to finance. Uh, so they they are they are heavily le- they are one of the more it's more it's more just to think about wealth with this team. It's about leverage. This team is very very heavily leveraged. So it would not be surprised if they are in that boat of of teams. Um, and if you look at at, at their reduction in spending. Uh, they held on to Yordi Reina. They're holding on to Ola Kamara. They're holding on to uh, probably maybe less surprisingly um, uh, players like Emil Assad and, and, and some other ones they've signed to sort of contracts. But they basically say uh, we can't really go out and spend. We got guys here who are good. We think we can be better. Uh, let's keep them here. I want good uh, players. I, I, we have good players at home. That's yeah. what, that's, what, that's what's <laughs> happening. But also all of those players are, are being pl- paid Either MLS funny money or MLS single entity. Paul Ariola is the probably one. Is there is there another player that's beyond 
league spend? Uh, they're, they're definitely. I mean, they're, there's the guy they paid five million dollars, the the highest transfer fee they've right. ever they've ever paid. Edison, for. Edison Flores, the guy that I always forget exists because he <laughs> was because he was sort of a ghost for a lot of the last year, and I didn't get to see him in person, so I always forget that he exists. So other than that, though, I think those, those are the two uh, cost centers on on the roster for them, where they're actually like just burning money for this year and next year. Yeah, and, and it's it's. This is really – I'm more sad, I guess, than anything about this because this uh, this really was – this really was going to be um, – this CBA signing. This this one was different than a lot of the other ones. The other ones had been like basically we're coming to a work stoppage. The players want more and then they kind of get peanuts and basically the owners are like, well, you know, either take this deal or leave it. And the players like, well, we can't really afford to not play right now. So we're going to go ahead and take it. That's what like the, I guess the past two before this last one. And this one actually felt like the players got some stuff. They got, you know, increased uh, revenue from the TV deal. They got in subsequent TV deals. They got uh, more charter flights. So there was more like quality of life improvements. So this really felt like a sort of turning point, I guess, between the owners and the players and, and, and everybody sort of being happy. There was sort of the, you thought maybe the influence of new owners that were coming in that were not the ones who have, you know, lost all this money, who are, you know, who are new and like, no, 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 we need to do this. Um, and there's also a change in how the league operated and say, oh, we want to be a selling league. We want to sell to Europe, making it more attractive for players to come in. And all of that seems now to have just kind of just flown. Maybe not the selling part. I think you're going to have more teams interested in selling players now to try to like recoup some losses. That all seems to have evaporated in the span of a year. It's been it's been rather incredible uh, and sad to be honest. Um, so I I I am I have always I thought the last CBA negotiation. I thought I feel like we're heading to a work stoppage. Then it didn't happen. You know, like there was a deal done pretty quickly. Then the pandemic happens. I think we're I think we're going to have a work stoppage. Mm-hmm. I don't think the owners are going to mind because they won't be able to have fans in the stadium till at the very earliest late summer. So they aren't going to mind. You know, the fact that there's some, at least some of them are. Maybe I'm sure they're the Atlantas, the rich owners of the world, might be a little bit more on the on the no. We should make a deal. We should play. Uh, but they are not going to mind holding out if because basically there, there's no reason to have fans in there. Um, I and I think the players are kind of done. You know they have come in good faith to the bargaining table now, and they have basically been uh, slammed in the face multiple times. And I think it's kind of you kind of just give up. You're like you know what that's it. You know fool me once shame on you know fool me once shame <laughs> on you uh, fool me twice shame on me. And I yep. think they're at that point. So yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm okay with them deciding that this is this is where they want to push it in. Like this is I don't think there's probably a better time for them ever than than right now because there's you know, there are some some play, I mean they had the return to play oh. and and it was not enjoyable for a lot of players. Uh, I don't know how they're going I don't know what the plan is yet for this year. Um, but if they're ever going to say like we're not going to take an additional cut and put ourselves in a worse position again when when we come out of this um I mean, I think I think it's how anybody would react. I mean, basically what happened was the CBA is like when you finally get promised that promotion you want at your job and you've spent, you know, five, six years and, and finally you're getting enough money. Then, the you know, the pandemic happens and yet you're still seeing, you know, some signs that there's still plenty of money yet, you know, you get denied that promotion. You you rightly get upset. And I think the players are, are rightfully upset and rightly, you know, done with this. Yep. 
Um, so I, we'll see. I mean, I, I feel like I've been wrong before, and there is a lot. I think said. I think some people have said, "Oh, you know, players can go play anywhere." I'm like, it's not that simple. Maybe, maybe you know, USL scoops up a couple of them for a little bit of short term contract. No one wants to, you know, no player. Anybody in a job wants to move. Nobody wants to move away. Some, some maybe, you know, they're, eh, you know, we'll, we'll move. It's fine. But majority are like, no, I, I have kids here. I have family here. I'm happy here. I want to stay here. I don't want to, you know, have to pick up my stuff and move. Uh, you know, no team is going to sign then uh, also, you know, a short-term contract on a player, you know, with the idea that they're going to move. That's going to be harder, you know. And also, what if they get hurt? So yeah. these are players that are under contract. Uh, if they go somewhere else, that contract it would be null and void. Yeah. And they'll be- it, with Paul Riola, would you want to risk, you know, going to going to another club and getting hurt after, you know, after you just came back from major injury? You don't want to do that. So the, the players are still kind of in a tough spot. It's not like I think there's like sort of this this mastery of the free. Oh, the free market. You can go anywhere you want. You can do it. It's not that simple. Um, it's never that simple. So um, I, I still think. I would put maybe about a 50-50 shot right now. I'll, I think there'll be some form of work stoppage. It's happened in the past. Full-on strike, everybody picket lines. I, I'm not that convinced yet. Um, I, I don't think the season starts on time. I don't think it starts on time anyway with the pandemic. I think they were overshooting that um, tremendously. Uh, and, you know, the question is going to be when are fans let in. Um, and whether we get – hopefully we get some semblance of a normal season this year. Do we get Open Cup? Do we get Champions no. League? You know, all, all those other things, all those other questions. My bet, if we're if we're betting today on January 4th, is that we get half of a season yeah. due to b- – both to, both due to Corona but also due to work stoppage. I think it's going to be pushed further and further. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I hope not from – certainly from our podcast perspective. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> that was hard. 2020 was rough. It really was? It oh, really was. man. We had some great – we had some great guests, some great guests, but um, I think we would all – they would all uh, – I'm sure one one guest we had would love it if the season would would come back to a normal basis. So Yep. Um, uh, so we got some questions in the chat. want to make sure we get to those. Uh, Ryan Johnson says, thoughts on signing DeAndre Yedlin? Unlikely, but we need to write back. I actually saw that on Twitter today. Uh, when I was searching the old hashtag, and uh, that is not that is not going to happen here. I would be great. I would, you know, sure, absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but I I think that that is not that is unlikely to happen. I bet he goes back to Seattle. I bet. You, I, I, bet I, you. I I I don't think he goes back to Seattle. I think he goes. There are clubs out there that are flush. Austin is flush with of of Tam and, and Gam and all that other stuff. I guess he's um, too. Yeah, I, I, you're right. He's too young for the go home. Uh, and then retire. No, he, 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 it would definitely be a move. He would want to get paid. And I'm Seattle is still is very tied up in a lot of players and there. You, you look to a team that maybe hasn't spent a whole lot that can look for that option. A, a team like Nashville, I heard has been tossed around. Uh, one thing they've been doing, they've been trading a lot of international spots for, for, uh, for Gam and Tam or Gam, I guess it's now, there's no more Tam. I don't know why I keep thinking, saying that, but they, they're, they're trading up a lot of those spots. So um, I, I think that's, that's a safe bet to maybe have him go there. Um, but I doubt, I very much doubt he comes to DC. Yeah, no, probably not. Um, so we've got a little bit of spirit news, but do you want, or do, would you rather do the, the uh, bit of front office news for DC United? First? Let's, uh, Let's do that, and then we then we we got a couple of spirit items that we can that we can talk about. Also, but, um, uh, call us at two zero two nine zero five zero four five four. You want to talk about the coach situation? You want to talk about potential work stoppage or anything else? Just give us a call. Yep, give us a call. Talk talk about the team. Talk about what your what your uh, what your how you're feeling. How you feeling? What's your one out of ten 
on on how on how worried you are about the team. And one um, out of ten on how awesome my Jared Jeffrey jersey is, and how maybe you'd like to buy it off of me. Negative ten on that one, my friend. Let me just tell you. Okay, all right. Uh, DC, good news. So, and a bit of good news, and, and maybe. I, I feel like I'm not sure what this represents as far as finances is, is but it is it is a it is from the historical perspective. Uh, Danita Johnson has been he- hired as head former head of business operations, uh, formerly with the L.A. Sparks uh, that, that this is a good move. And uh, this is a, a a nice move from the sense that it's, uh, you know, it's the first what, the first uh, black female head of business operations for D for MLS. Um, and, and that's what you want to see. You want to see those types of types of moves. Um, and I, I'm, I'm excited to have her here. It's it's a move that kind of makes you kind of turn your head like, wow, that's like a from from a off off the field perspective. That's a pretty aggressive move. She was very, very well liked um, with the WNBA, helped grow that league a lot. And, and certainly with the L.A. Sparks. So very, very good thing to see for the team and does kind of. Um, does kind of make you wonder, you know, that kind of made me wonder about the finances because I had to think she had to be in demand based on everything I heard. So it kind of kind of one of those other things. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I think that I think like all things, the WNBA is probably undercapitalized. So you might mm-hmm. be you might be surprised at what you were. I mean, I don't want to speculate on her salary, but uh, I think that I don't I, I think that it's possible that they were able to, to make that happen without without breaking the bank. It will be interesting to me to see what, you know, we we still don't really understand what the the scope of the layoffs were for DC United in 2020, and what their plans are to bring them back. Uh, how 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 much is the skeleton crew still running things on all, on the other parts of the uh, organization? Mm-hmm. We'll probably find that out here uh, next year. But uh, I, overall, like you said, great great to make history in that way. It's one of those things where it's unfortunate that it hasn't, hasn't happened already. But someone's got to be first, and it's us. So that's great. Yeah, and uh, I think that she's. I mean, unfortunate time to come in to be responsible for business operations during the middle of a pandemic after the t- <laughs> after after the league just lost a billion dollars last year supposedly. Um, so it, it, it's a it's a tough task, but um, we're excited that uh, that that she's here to do it. So that that's that's a good news thing. Um, also, uh, that happened today, sort of aligned with the how much money does East United have and how in debt are they. Uh, it appears that there's dirt moving finally in Loudon for the training center. Yes, which, which has not happened. Now January 21, we're we're getting kicking on that. That's great. Uh, that is uh, something that we've been excited about for a while, um, as far as making it more attractive. Although DC United no longer training at RFK and training at uh, St James, which is an indoor facility. I probably a little bit better, probably less depressing. <laughs> for there's probably bathrooms and locker rooms and whatnot. So that's. That's going on, but uh, it will be great once the team actually has a base of operations, even though it's all the way out in Loudoun. I think it'll be beneficial to the organization. Beneficial in many ways as far as attracting players in and um, and also for the academy um, and having all of that. So de- definitely a long time coming. This has been something they have fallen behind I, the rest of the league uh, in a lot of ways. So I'm sure the J- St. James is nice, but... Um, it will be nice for them to have sort of their own facility in their own place. Yep. Um, so, one more bit of DC United news: the re-entry draft, uh, the first round didn't do anything. Like we sort of said, no one wants anything. In the second round, uh, we picked up Adrian Perez from LAFC. Correct. And and you have on the rundown that he is signed. He is not signed. Oh, just drafted. He is he is selected. So the set the way the second round works is that 
so if, if, if the first round, yes, you 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 are you basically you pick up that option on the contract, um, and that is your player now. Uh, with the second round, I think you have a week to make an offer, um, to make like a bona fide offer to that player to sign and bring him in. Um, so that we'll that, that is, if that's the case. Well, you know, you don't know whether I mean, they still allow sort of contract negotiations to continue. You just have a week sort of to make an offer and then that player can basically go wherever they want. So they, I would imagine they had that offer ready and said, here, here's the offer, you know, let us know. And maybe he's like, oh, maybe I'll look around USL for a little bit yeah. or they come to the negotiating table. So, um, I would, so I would say with one goal and three starts over two years and a history in the uh, indoor league, I think that he'll take whatever contract he's netted offers him. Yeah. And I think that's probably why it took him. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, he's so far, no official announcement that he has been signed. So right now he has been selected. It's, uh, I remember they took, um, who did they take? Was it Kaku? I think, or no, it wasn't Kaku. It was someone, they took somebody else from Red Bull in the re-entry draft in the second round. And basically he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going off to Europe. I have to look up who that was, but basically, you know, there's no guarantee you sign the player. Um, and like I said, a lot of people were, you know, scream at, were yelling about this move. And I'm like, look, really? look at that. Look, yeah, there were there were people that were upset about that. Uh, Trust me, there, there are people. And I'm like, I'm like, go go look at the list of players in the reentry draft and tell me who you would sign, who who you would want to bring in. Um, it, it's slim pickings because a lot of the guys you know are free agents, so they go to the free agency. Um, so the reentry draft, the reentry draft, I have a strong inkling. I I will give it five years. Of still existing before it, it it either takes on a new form or they retire it completely. They just or, need to expand free agency to a, a more robust amount of players. Yeah, I, I really don't. I, I don't get it. I'm like, maybe I I could see basically it going to where we're just going to have the first round where you can pick up the option, and then after that it's like free okay, every, everybody's a free agent. Yeah. So because that's really. That's the only people that are guaranteed to get signed. I guarantee you it's going to become – it was one of those things that sort of gave simulated free agency when the with one of the old CBAs. And and now that they have free agency, it's like anyone you anyone you would want to sign, even a Dom Dwyer, those types of guys, have been in the league long enough that they can now and – th- and that is even – that's even going to drop the the – sort of years of service, so to speak. So in yep. age as well. So it's, 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 it's headed to a, to a swift retirement. Let me just say, all right, now we can talk spirit real quick. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm trying to remember, was the Kelly O'Hara trade announced before the last time we had a show? I think it was, I think it was, yes. I think it seems like a while. It hasn't been that long. So the, the bit of news that has occurred, Emily Sonnet was traded to the spirit. Uh, I believe she played, she was under roster in Orlando, although she played no games. Um, the trade was for Maggie, uh, Daughtery Howard and two first rounders won this year. One, I believe in 2023, mm-hmm. I think that's correct. Um, so the defense is just stacked now. The defense, uh, for the spirit is, is absolutely silly. They're going to probably play a five person back line, five woman back line. Um, they have, uh, it's, it's tough to say they've got Kelly O'Hara probably playing right back. Uh, Tegan McGrady still at left wing back. And then you have. Emily Sonnet, you have Sam Staub, and you have Paige Nielsen, who all I don't I don't know who you take out of that lineup. So questions abound. Offensively, still not quite as set up as they are defensively, but he's got a uh, Richie's got a lot of options and choices to make from a from a formation perspective next year. Very very uh, very interesting sort of the build from the back. It's almost like he took he had such a high flying attack with Ashley Sanchez, um, you know Mallory Pugh and. 
um, and Rose Lavelle, and now it's like, nope, we're actually just going to go straight to the straight to the back line and make that strong and you know relate. But they still they still do have some some good attacking players. So um, I, I I the Spirit are are making moves and and they're they're not sitting. You kind of thought I, I think we all kind of thought okay we're gonna you know build on this you know we're gonna not make many moves but maybe we pick up a couple players here over there. They've done sort of a sort of wholesale change. Uh, Roosevelt's gone. Mallory Pugh was already gone. I think bef- she's uh, double the, gone now. She's yeah, in Chicago now. Yeah, she's in Chicago. Um, you know, you still have obviously Ashley Sanchez. She's kind of your attacking player of the future. And then they brought in some more international talent. I do think there is a a sense I think from the team that. They want to make sure the players they get because we're going to have the Olympics this year. So that's something else that would that was normally be in 2020 that is now in 2021 is the Olympics. So some players may be missing. Um, so it's all about it's all about trying to 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 build up, uh, build up build up your back line and 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 sort of weather that storm um, in, in the NWSL. So um, and also on off the field news, uh, we should say. Uh, why Michelle Kang uh, the is uh, has been expanded to be the new owner of the team, or part uh, part uh, part owner, part owner. Yes, so she she has she has bought a stake in the team, which is uh, which is good to see. It's good to see investment uh, investment in the team and local investment as well, which is which is always very very good. I love local investment as opposed to um, some guy who owns a Magic Jack in Orlando <laughs> buying up the team and then moving them to someplace in Florida. So. That's a yeah. nugget. That's a nugget. Uh, I went. I went. Long-timers. I went deep, man. I, I I went deep in my soccer knowledge, my uh, my my American soccer knowledge for that one. If you know what I'm talking about, please call in. That that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's good. It's good. More capitals is is great for the team. They they want. I, I continue to say that you can you can become a world power in soccer in the women's game for not a whole bunch of money. And you can't do that in men's soccer. You can't do that in almost anything else. This is the only sport that has a full international market that that you can. And there's no necessary. And there's the, the monetary restrictions aren't there like they are in other leagues. They they you could you could buy your way to a to a world power. Mm-hmm. So and and, do and it. we're seeing and we're seeing it in in Europe. We're seeing a lot of these other teams investing in. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> so. So we're seeing that in a lot of the the NWSL, I think, is going to start to feel threatened here very, very quickly. And we're already starting to see them feel a little threatened uh, because there's been a lot of more investment in, in England. You know, we, we have players, big time U.S. national team players playing in Europe and, and apparently maybe not coming back. That's sort of the big thing is they all is there was all sort of part of their U.S. soccer contract that they had to come back, uh, you know, once the season started. Maybe they could stay a little bit, but they but they all had to eventually come back. So um, Alex and, Morgan and, already came back, didn't even stay the full season. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> she wasn't playing, too. Right. That was she played huge. a little bit. She scored her first goal. And then I think what they said that her her big achievement was apparently the women's team for Spurs was playing in some crappy facility. And Tottenham had just just built a new uh, top of the top of the heap training facility. And they're like, why aren't we playing there? This is stupid. Uh, and then ownership was like, yeah, you're, you're right. We should, th- yes, we should do that. And then she, so, so she, she got the, she got the team uh, situated and then said, I'm going home. Goodbye. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's, that, that's sort of the nature too, about a lot of teams. A lot of, a lot has been made about um, a lot about Liverpool and, and their investment. And there's sort of a mix of investment um, in between the clubs. So um so yeah, it's the same. It's the same way in the NWSL too. I think there's there's definitely a 
a difference in investment. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see. <laughs> Do you ever read that story about rain potentially moving to like uh, Miami, Miami or one of the one of the owners was like saying that, and it was like it was all a big. Ho- they're like, no, 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 we're not doing that. But uh, keep keep on the lookout for that. I'm trying well, to remember so. which it was a it was a celebrity owner. Yeah, um, who was it? Uh, I'm trying to look quickly. Of course, the report on the NWSL page doesn't have who it was. Um, it was, I forget who, I don't know. It was like Tony Parker, maybe I feel like yeah. maybe that's right. Uh, and then they were like, no, we're not doing that. Don't worry. We're not. Why would we just, what they're, they're we, we've spent a lot of money here in the market and we want to, uh, we want looking to build another stadium or a training center. So we're not moving. So I get, I get that they could just, OL rain could just buy another franchise, the Olympic sports or whatever the name of their group is could just buy another team and put them in Miami. The expansion is going to continue. So I don't think it, they don't necessarily, I think that maybe people are sensitive to that because of the way the franchise has been in the past, but now there's foreign money interested in ways that they weren't before. Barcelona was the long specter of, of interest in American women's soccer. We're talking about building a team forever. I think the, the final hangup was they wanted to have Nike jerseys despite, or, or they wanted to have, they wanted to have jerseys of their, of their making. I think the, I don't remember who it was now, but they couldn't because of who who the jersey provider was at that time for NWSL. So stupid reason, um, but that that's not happening. I, I it's funny that Mallory Pugh played like two games for Sky Blue. One of them was a goal. They once she scored against Washington <laughs> in the fall series, and that was the la- the last thing she did for them before she went to Chicago. So a lot of a lot of uh, her her story is interesting because I mean she was supposed to be the next the next big deal. Like she was, she was like touted. She came in and I think as a teenager and scored and now she's like on her like third club and it's like, you know, what's, what's, what's going on. So I'll I'll be curious to watch and see maybe if she finds her feet in Chicago, it was supposed to be the sky blue was supposed to be the reset. Like, okay, we're going to reset, you know, fresh team, fresh, you know, fresh everything. And, um, it didn't, it didn't last very long. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, I unless we get any uh, last minute calls coming in, which I think usually is kind of how this works. I think we're I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap wrap up the show. Um, John, did you have anything you wanted to add before we close out? No. Uh, th- thank you for your service, uh, Uli Segura. I don't know if he was already taken by Austin by the time. I think he probably was. Uh, but that that's I think we're we're in sort of a holding pattern for for news. I think for a little bit. Uh, with the, with the fact that the league is now going into d- negotiations with the players, so it remains to be seen when our next show will be. We're we're sort of playing things by ear. Uh, we don't want to do shows without content, so it'll sort of look to the look to the news, and when there's something that happens, you'll that's where you'll find us. Yes, <laughs> and like watch uh, and watch and watch DC drop their coach announcement tomorrow. Like yes. I was, I am fully fully expecting that to happen. Yes. Uh, refugees.com. That's where the show will be posted. We will work to get more blog posts. We've been bad about it. Over well, there's the holiday, nothing but... to talk about right yeah. now. Yeah, so when there's something to talk about, we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we will catch you guys uh, down the road. Vamos. Vamos.